0: Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Wrestling Revisited, episode number 19 for March 22nd, 2016, ladies and gentlemen. We are less than two weeks out from the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania number 32, and tonight, however, we're going to take you back to another time and place, and of course, I'm going to welcome you to the uh, show. one 444 7044 caller ID number, number 139926, pound number one, you can talk to me, and of course, my very special guest tonight, Roddy K. Roddy, how are you tonight? I'm good, thank you. That's good to hear. I'm doing as well, pretty good as well. And tonight, folks, we got another great moment for you here on the uh, Time Machine Warp Show, as we like to call it, or sometimes I like to call it anyway. And tonight we're going to take you back to the year 1991 in the event, Super Brawl No. 1, the very first ever Super Brawl that took place back in May of 1991 at the Bayfront Arena in St. Petersburg, Florida. Roddy K., what do you remember most about this show?
1: I can't remember one thing about that. My... <laughs> I have to get some updates though.
0: Okay, well we'll be uh giving you updates here on the show and we'll give you our thoughts on the card as we go along, of course. The big event, of course, we'll tell you about as well. Uh, The tagline going into the show was called Return from the Rising Sun, and it was for good reason. Of course, 6,000 people packed into the venue that night. And with that being said, of course, it was coming off, of course, what had happened. Oddly enough, however, just a few months before, however, in Tokyo, Japan, however, and of course, the main event there, however, was quite exciting between Tatsumi Fujinami, the newest WWE Hall of Famer from a year ago, taking on the current champion, Ric Flair. However, going into Super Bowl number one, the question was, however, what would happen between these two legends, Fujinami and Flair? Well, we'll tell you what happened as we go along here on the show. With that said, let's get underway with our first match of the night, of course, ladies and gentlemen. It was the fabulous Freebirds, ladies and gentlemen, who earlier in February uh, lost the WCW Tag Team titles, however, but while already also host, excuse me, holding the U.S. Tag Team Championships, however, as well. But in April, however, the Board of Directors declared the U.S. Tag Team Championships vacant to allow the Steiner brothers Rick and Scott Steiner to focus on the World Tag Team Championship. As a result, WCW scheduled the two top contender teams, the Freebirds and the fabulous Young Pistols, Tracy Smothers and uh, Steve Armstrong, in a top contenders match for the vacant championship. At the time, however, the Freebirds and the Young Pistols were engaged in a long running storyline showdown, with the championship match being one of the key highlights of the story. As a result, the Freebirds, of course, won the tag team titles in over ten and a quarter minutes. Uh Roddy, uh certainly the Freebirds, Michael Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin made a big statement here by capturing these belts here on this night.
1: Yeah, like I said, I didn't see it, but uh that's a good deal. They more like going in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yes, and they will be going into the Hall of Fame list in a week from now. We will definitely be excited to see those guys in more ways than one. Another uh, superstar, however, a former WWE superstar, however, as well as current WCW superstar, Dangerous Danny Spy be taking on one of uh, former tag team greats, Ricky Morton, in a singles match here in our second match of the night. This goes over three minutes and change. Uh, Your thoughts about this one?
1: Well, like I said, I didn't see it, but I like
0: that
1: any fellow featured one I think of back in the day. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of
0: Ricky Morton. Yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, well, I know a lot of the young girls were fans of Ricky Morton. I mean, a lot of people said at the time when Ricky Morton was a wrestler back in his day, especially in the middle late 80s, of course, they thought he was sort of like uh, the Jeff Hardy of his time, if you will, considering the fact that the Hardy bro- boys, uh, Matt and Jeff, were uh, sort of like the uh, Hardy brothers of today. Yeah, wasn't um, he wasn't he Stan Lane's partner? No, that was beautiful Bobby Eaton you're thinking of. Oh, man. okay. He also had Dennis Condrius as his partner too, and we'll talk about those two guys here eventually as oh, we go. Rick oh, and,
1: Ricky and Morton, he was the one who used to
0: team or battle with
1: Tommy uh, Wildfire.
0: He did for a while. That's right, and he also teamed up with Robert Gibson. That is correct. Yes, you are right. And speaking of Hall of Famers, a guy who I think should be in the Hall of Fame and talking about a great legend, however, two great legends here in their own way. How Nikita Koloff taking on Wildfire, Tommy Rich in our next match. However, Nikita Koloff, of course, at the time with the shaved head, of course, no longer with Uncle Ivan, of course, taking on a very good legendary wrestler who... Uh, got his start in Georgia Championship Wrestling back in the late 70s, early 80s, but by the 90s, of course, was starting to uh, slow down his in-ring career, and that is wildfire Tommy Rich in less than four minutes. Nikita with the Russian sickle here. Uh, I know, again, you did not see the match here, Roddy, but uh, when you think of Nikita Koloff and Tommy Rich, what do you think about both of these guys uh, on an individual basis?
1: I think Nikita Koloff, because he's like a true wrestler, a true fighter,
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, the other one was more of a glory boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have to agree there. A lot of people had their own qualms about Tommy Rich, and I would definitely agree with you about Nikita. Of course, Nikita, as we said, teamed up with Uncle Ivan. He also had some great feuds with uh, back in the mid-'80s with Magnum TA. Of course, he also teamed up with Magnum TA at one time, and also the legendary, the great, great Dusty Rhodes, as well as the Road Warriors. They were, of course, involved in the very first War Games match back in July of 1987 at the Omni in Atlanta against the Four Horsemen. Uh, he also joined up uh, with Sting's team, so he said. Uh, in 1992, later on in '92, I should say, with Sting, Ricky Steamboat, Dustin Rhodes, and of course uh, another uh, person, I believe it was Shane Douglas at the time, to take on the Dangerous Alliance of Paul Heyman's group, however, that consisted of Sonny and Steve Austin, later Stone Cold Steve Austin, Arn Anderson, Larry Sabisco, beautiful Bobby Eaton, and uh, their uh, partner, and I think, I can't remember who their fifth guy was, but I just recently watched this War Games match, and I'll tell you, you talk about a brutal War Games match, however, that happened back in. May of 1992 in Jacksonville, Florida this was an intense war, no question about it. Speaking of Dusty Rhodes we go to uh, his son next, however who was in a unique match against Terry Taylor here in 8 minutes and change. Uh, again, I gotta ask you, Roddy your thoughts about the natural Dustin Rhodes at this time later on Goldust and one, Terry Taylor
1: Oh, the natural Dustin uh, Dustin Rhodes was, was a great athlete performer
0: uh, Terry the Rooster
1: Taylor, he, he was good too, but uh, yeah, I want to I want to say Gildas had to
0: tell him. Yes. And this is well before the Goldust Game. Of course, Dustin Rose would later go on to be a member. Uh, I, try, I think he was trying to try to be a member of the York Foundation that consisted of Taylor, uh, Robert Gibson, and I believe, uh, I forget who their third guy was, but I do know how Dustin Rose's ex wife, uh, Marlena, later known as Terry, was known as Alexandria York at the time, or would go on to become Alexandria York before Marlena, and start a group called the York Foundation at the time. Uh, It didn't last very long, unfortunately. It was not one of the better gimmicks, unfortunately, but at the time, however, this is shortly before the gimmick took off, however, later on in 91, however, but at the time I would have to say it was a pretty good match for the most part, and it served its purpose, if you will. Okay, our next match, of course, Big Josh, if you will, better known to you people, as Matt Osborne taking on Black Bart. Rick Harris, of course, Black Bart, a former WCCW wrestler. Uh, This only went four minutes and changed. Big Josh, uh, at the time, was not one of the better names in WCCW. I mean, he was an okay name, but he wasn't a big name, unfortunately. He also uh, was better known as Link the Clown. He passed away, sadly, uh, a month after his 55th birthday three years ago and also uh, was uh, a pretty decent wrestler in his own right, by competing in uh, other federations as well. Uh, that being said, uh, Roddy K., your thoughts about this one?
1: Oh, all I can tell, I like the name Black Bart. It sounds like he's gonna get something done.
0: Yes, and uh, we know over the years, uh, like we said, he competed in WCCW. He is still very much around with us today. He's 67 years old. He, of course, began his career in 1975. Uh, the last we heard, however, he was in very bad health but is slowly recovering. I believe he had kidney trouble at one point, I had heard, however. But uh, when you mention Black Bart, like we said, folks, however, I mean, this is a guy who won um, some championships in his time. I mean, he won the Brass Knuckles Championship once, however, in his career. He teamed up with Ron Bass. He also feuded with Michael Sam Houston, one of our. Uh, one-time uh, guest here on the uh, radio, however, and also went on to compete in the Universal Wrestling Federation as well as New Japan Pro Wrestling. Was he like a cowboy? He used to come out with kind of black stra- uh, chaps. Yes, that's him. Yes, you got I'm, it. I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing the character, but
1: I can't recall.
0: That's him. Yes, that was him, yeah. And for a time and a brief cup of coffee, he also had a run in WWE. He was not there very long, unfortunately. I think he had a falling out with management. He wasn't used to... A whole heck of a lot if you will but speaking of one guy that was used however on this uh... memorable night uh... Kevin Nash, better known at that time as the great and powerful Oz, if you will, squashing a young Tim Parker in less than a quarter of a minute. This was actually probably one of the worst matches of the night. Uh, But I do recall Kevin Nash when he came out with the Oz gimmick. It was not one of the best gimmicks around. However, he changed his gimmick after this to Vinny Vegas, where it was pretty good. However, and then, of course, he later went on to become Big Daddy Cool Diesel, as well as Big Sexy, among other names. Uh, Roddy, what do you remember most about Kevin Nash's early run in WCW as the great and powerful Oz?
1: I there was a time when I was uh, incognito or oblivious to a lot of that stuff, so I, I can't uh, say on that one.
0: Mm-hmm. That's all right. It sounds horrible.
1: sounds horrible, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. I, I remember watching watching this, a couple of his matches. I mean, he really had green tights. He had, like, came out with like the Wizard of Oz motif, had the white beard, and I guess a scepter or something like that. He came out waving a stick around, and he thought he was the great and powerful Oz, and it just... It wasn't one of the better gimmicks, let's say. It was one of those gimmicks that WCW and management, mostly Bill Watts at the time, just figured, hey, let's uh, stick this on the wall and see if uh, fans will uh, adapt this. And really, they well, did. It well, no- he, let's give yeah. him some credit,
1: because he created basically uh, Isaac or uh Kane. So
0: that's pretty good. <sighs> Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Yes, you're right. You're right. I totally forgot about that. You're right. Yes, you're right. And speaking of legends, let's talk about two other great legends, however, uh, and give your take on these guys, however. Barry Windham and Brian Pillman, they went at it next here in a tape fist match. Barry Windham with the win here in six minutes and change. Your thoughts about Pillman and Windham?
1: Brian Pillman, I think you will keep recommending him for the uh, Hall of Fame. Yes, I, li- I liked him. Uh, I liked his style. Mm-hmm. Barry Windham. Barry Wyndham was really good until he until he got uh, buried by
0: WWE. Mm-hmm. Well, Barry Wyndham, of course, also began his career in uh, Florida, as you know, and then went on to WWE in the early 80s, teamed up with his brother-in-law, Mike Rotundo. They formed the U.S. Express team. He came back, can't remember the horseman. I thought he was really good then. Uh, Pillman is definitely one of my all-time faves. I've been a fan of his for a long time, I would agree with you there. I think WWE is missing the boat on more and more of him not going into the Hall of Fame, which is unfortunate. Uh, I know he died very young, unfortunately, back in 1997, but it's been 15 years now. However, I think WWE ought to wake up and see uh, the big picture. I mean, this is a guy who, yeah, had controversy to his name. However, and he was known as the Loose Cannon, but when he was in there, he uh, did pretty well against anybody, whether it be Jusin Thunder Liger, uh, Ricky Steamboat, Arn Anderson, whatever. And this is a guy they, who also... What's, who's that? They embrace the Loose Cannon these days, and he helped create Stone Coast Deep
1: Austin as well.
0: Yes, he did, and they were, like I said, they were a great damn team as the Hollywood Blondes. I mean, they were a really fun team to watch. I used to love watching them all the time. I mean, Pillman had his moments, too, being the uh, screw-up, but also the somewhat semi-serious one like Austin, and these two guys could battle any team on any given night, whether it be the Horsemen, the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, what have you, and I would put them up uh, against today's teams, how like the Dudleys, the Usos, uh, the Shield. I mean, these guys would definitely give them a run for their money. Barry Wendelman, I remember him most when he was part of the Horseman. He always yeah. had the, col- the claw. Yes,
1: yes. And uh, I remember one time doing uh, Dusty Rhodes, he had the claw on him with some kind of metal thing on it when he was bleeding.
0: That's right. That, that was actually, I remember that. I think that was at the Great American Bash, I believe that. Uh, I think it was back in, I want to say, 1988. 89, some of that ballpark, because I, like I said, Wyndham was a real strong guy. I mean, him and Dusty were very close friends. They got to know each other in Florida. I mean, he was a bruiser, 6'6", 265, 270 from Sweetwater, Texas. I mean, his dad, of course, we know is the great black Jack Mulligan. We know about his uh brother in law IRS, Mike Rotundo. We know now that his nephews, Bray Wyatt, and of course Bo Dallas are in the business, however, and they're talking about bringing his uh one niece into the business too. Uh this is a this is a true this is one of the few families that is not talked about in wrestling. I mean, you talk about the Hearts and the uh, uh Malinkos and uh the savages slash Poffos, however, but the Wyndhams should be up there as well. And speaking of up there, how are we talking? a look at the next match. Our two big men here in a stretcher match that didn't go very long. El Gigante, better known as John Gonzalez in WWE, of course, who passed away a few years ago due to kidney failure, taking on a big man in his own right, How Psycho Sid. Yes, folks, Sid Vicious, the big monster himself. 6'11", 325 pounds, of course. This one, only two minutes and change. Your thoughts about El Guiante and Sid Vicious here at Roddy K.
1: I have no comment on much. I like Psycho S- S- Sid, though. He was a good guy for a tall fellow. except I got disgusted when he broke his leg, jumping off on one leg, and i uh, give you the heebie T V
0: Yeah, and that, of course, was at Sid in 2001. I remember that, and a lot of people are saying now, what is he doing now, what is he doing now? Uh, I have not heard much about Sid since he got out of wrestling. I know they brought him back for a brief time, however, one night, however, to uh, take on Heath Slater on Monday Night Raw. I do recall that, however. <laughs> Yeah, he just absolutely got squashed, squashed in. Uh, Ever since then, he is not doing a whole heck of a lot now. I mean, last I heard, he is uh, pretty much uh, kept himself out of the business altogether. He retired about four years ago, of course. He made his debut in 1987. He stands an incredible six foot nine, three 325 hours, so I, I was pretty darn close there. And of course, we would know later on, in, uh, within a year after this uh, memorable event, how Psycho still was fired due to a scissors incident, if you will, in London, if you will, and it turned out to be uh, his downfall, if you will, and as a result, WWE shortly there let him go. All right, let's see our next match here. Bear with me here, people. I'm trying to find out here. and uh, Look here on my uh, note charts here. What was our next match here? Um, Oh, a
1: quick quick note last last night we were talking earlier about, you mentioned the Savages. Yes. Macho Man. Yeah, first thing that came to my mind is when somebody interrupts me. Uh, last night when I was watching Raw. you mm. want to interrupt the greatest match since Savage versus uh, the Dragon? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: I remember that quote last night. I forgot all about that quote. Yeah, someone said that, but I can't remember who said the quote, though. Uh, who was it? Do you remember? I didn't hear it. I know I said it to myself. Yeah. And uh, another match. This is a good one here. Two guys who are one-time partners but unfortunately broke up However, in February, however, mind you, and as a result, they went out of here. Uh, big bad Ron Simmons, if you will, Farouk, if you'll take on Butch Reed with uh, Theodore Long. The rules were simple here, however, this was a steel cage match with Teddy Long locked and suspended in a cage during the entirety of the match. Of course, he had a chance to manage both of these guys among other teams, including the very young undertaker, Mark Holloway, as well as D'Lo Brown and Rodney Mack, but uh, on this night, unfortunately, Teddy was in a cage watching his two former uh, Teammates, if you will, do battle. And as a result, the big bad star from Florida State knocked down the hacksaw and chopped him down to size here. Uh, your thoughts about this matchup?
1: Oh, I support Ron Simmons because uh, that was a real raw Ron Simmons back in the day. I can still see Barry, like, let's like say Barry Windham, for instance, cutting a promo and telling mm-hmm. him he could be his limousine driver and he just, Ron Simmons just... The taxi right there, you
0: know? Oh, yes. And then, and then these two would get into a big feud much on later on down the road. Yeah, I do recall that. Uh, your thoughts about Butch Reed? Because I can remember, a lot of people remember Butch Reed from his days at Mid-South when he fought JYD. Yeah, I can. Uh,
1: Butch Reed is Junkyard
0: Dog. Yeah, a bunch of Butch Reed and Junkyard Dog get getting into a feud with each other, yes. Mm-hmm. No,
1: I like Junkyard Dog, but I don't remember the character of Butch Reed.
0: Yeah, Butch Reed was a unique character and of course he was in WWE for a brief time too. And this is a guy who went who was also a great football star. Of course he went to some I believe Kansas State on Kansas State College, some big name uh not big school but a somewhat middle average uh, college if you will, but he was also a pretty damn good football player. we know about Simmons. He was a four time all American at Florida State, uh he, of course, uh, teamed up with his good friend John Bradshaw-Layfield, JBL. They formed the APA. Of course, we know Ron Simmons, a year after this, would become the first ever African-American world heavyweight champion by defeating, I believe it was, I think it was Nikita Koloff or Sting. I can't remember. And This happened in August of 92. This would be a year later. and This was the same night that he won the title from one of those guys, I believe, how that we would see the return of Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, I also
1: and, thought about yeah. that last night, about that classic match with the Kevin Owens and a, and a, and a AJ about the old school guys like APA mm-hmm. they they were they were comical because they were serious in the yes. private time in their in their private time backstage it was funny but when mm-hmm. they come out they were there to do business and that's what the fans love
0: oh yeah and as you said AJ Styles and uh, Kevin L put on a great match last night we talked about it right before the show we'll talk about Raw here as soon as we get done with our uh, report here and everything like that and go over uh, what happened on Raw certainly it was a very interesting night in Philadelphia to say the least uh, another team that should be in the Hall of Fame however I think and this is my opinion too and I think you'll agree with me Rick and Scott Steiner taking on Sting and Lex Luger the Steiner brothers of course as you know won the titles of course in February to win the tag team titles outright as a result they defeated uh Sting and Luger here in eleven minutes. Your thoughts about this one.
1: Oh, just see that torture rack by AJ. I love that. Yeah, uh the, yes. the Steiner brothers, uh <clears throat> by the way, Lex Luger didn't even get, didn't get men- mentioned last night. But I, yes. I, I, I love the Steiner brothers. I mean what they've done for the business with their their history, they've been through every business, every territory there is pretty much. I mean they're they're like the modern they're like the Road Warriors without paint.
0: Yeah. Great, I would agree. And, and of course, uh, they uh, went to the University of Michigan. They became big shots there at Michigan, as you know, in Ann Arbor. Uh, they did uh, good things as a separate te- a duo, but at the same time they were also good as a damn good team. They would go up against any team. Dude,
1: in they, they should put boss bicep in the Hall of Fame.
0: Oh yes, I think. Well, yeah, I think next year we could see the Steiners go in. I mean, I really do. I think next year the WWE would be wise to look at maybe the Steiners and maybe putting them in next year. I know when those things going in this year. I don't think we'll ever see Luger going in the Hall of Fame, which is unfortunate. But that's just me saying that. And I'm sure a lot of people may agree with me, may disagree with me. Your entire because of Elizabeth. Yes, because mm-hmm. of Elizabeth thing and probably just because of the way his attitude was towards certain people. I mean, that's just me saying. But again. I don't know. I mean, that could well, all change.
1: Oh, hang on a second. I didn't think about this. Didn't Wasn't he, he living around Atlanta, Georgia, the same place Benoit was?
0: Around that time, yes. Mm-hmm. That's horrible,
1: the drug use and the similarities with that.
0: Oh, yes, I would agree. And a lot of people say that Luger uh, really, over the, at the time, however, before – I mean, a few years ago, really – was almost on, no pun intended, death's door. But he's cleaned himself up now. He looks a lot better. I just saw a video of him recently. He looks like he's really changed his attitude in life overall, How and he's looking a yeah, lot better than I've he, seen him.
1: He was, he was with Sting on the Christian scene there for a while. He like yes, a he was. Macro- did he beat his neck or something from all the working out?
0: And yeah, perfect. he he got injured. He had, I guess he had a heart. He had some health issues. Sting straightened him out after that and told him, get yourself together, man. I mean, try to clean yourself up if you can. I mean, what are you trying to prove here? And uh, like you said, he went on the Christian network. He uh, Sting convinced him to uh, basically be baptized again, I believe it was. And I guess now, from what I've heard, Sting has made him a born-again at- Christian. Look at
1: the freaking iron, if you call it that. Uh, Sting, yes. being a good guy, injures his neck.
0: Yes. And yeah, that's normal. And, 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 that, and then for me, that's pretty cool. I think it's really cool Sting does that uh, to certain people. And Luger, being one of them, I think that's really special because Sting, for the longest time, I mean, we kind of knew. Sting was always a quiet individual, outsidering. I mean, some people said that was the case. He never went out and raised hell or party that much. I mean, he did a little bit of party, but not really heavy duty partying. He was kind of in onto himself. And now it's like within the last, I think it was on Sting's DVD into the light or the best Sting he talked about on one of those DVDs. However, within the last, I guess, ten years, five, six, ten years, whatever. Since he got out wrestling, he's just been never more happier in his life than he is right now, however. And that's become born again, and uh, he's dedicated himself to the Lord. And, and that's very cool to see. I mean, that really, really is unique to see. Speaking of two guys, however, we were mentioning, and one of the guys you were mentioning just a little while ago, Arn Anderson. He is in our next match here in the semi-main event, taking on Beautiful Bobby Eaton for the television title. As a result, however, Beautiful Bobby wins his wins the television title here by defeating uh, soon-to-be his former, or should I say his soon-to-be mate in the Dangerous Alliance here Double-A. Your thoughts about this one?
1: Well, oh, in that day, was Bobby Eaton considered a heel?
0: Yes. hmm
1: No, if I can go back to that, my mentality back then, but I'm going to overlap some of my thinking of the day, is I I would have preferred over that match uh, Arn Anderson because he's more of a technician. I admire his style. Mm-hmm. He's more of a uh, – well, he looks like a bear. But, uh, yeah, he's just more of a get-it-done, serious kind of guy, and I like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I would have to agree. I would have to agree. I mean, this was a very I mean, this, I mean, these two guys really were really good together. I mean, if there was one guy who should have ever been in the four horsemen after the whole Ole Anderson kicking out thing, I think at the time Beautiful Bobby would have made more sense to slide in that spot, but he couldn't go in because he was teaming up with uh, Sweet Stan Lane and Dennis Condry, the uh Menai Express. And uh, they had their own fish to fry, so to speak. They were dealing with teams like the Road Warriors, the uh, Dusty Rhodes, Magnum T.A. thing, Ron Garvin, Barry Windham. Uh, the Road, I mentioned the Road Warriors, of course. Uh, there were some other really good teams back then. So if there was one guy who could have gone into the Four Horsemen after the whole Ole Anderson story, after Ole Anderson was basically retired or just decided to get out of wrestling altogether and then take over eventually later on down the road in the mid-90s of WCW, I think it would have been Beautiful Bobby Eaton. And instead, Beautiful Bobby was uh, not a member of the Horseman, but he did team up with Arn Anderson at one point in the Dangerous Alliance group, if you will. And that leads us to our main event now, ladies and gentlemen. Ric Flair taking on the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Tatsumi Fujinami, of course. uh, We know what happened with those two, of course. Uh, A lot of people said, however... That uh, back in the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, show Back in March, however uh, At the time, however Fujinami won the match And in the NWA World Title Became becoming the first wrestler to hold both championships At the time, mind you And Roddy K, unfortunately, I believe he had to go So I'm going to finish it up here And tell you what I thought of this match um, This went about 19 minutes or so This was a real good match uh, I thought both of these guys fought very, very well uh, surprisingly, however, Ric Flair was actually a good guy here, believe it or not, however, whereas the year before, however, mind you, he was sort of the heel, if you will. And I believe, yeah, Roderick Hayes definitely gone now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to say, but as a result, um, we saw, uh, Ric Flair regain both the WCW and NWA championships. Of course, this will be the last time that they would be separate championships until the following year, when the t- two, or split, however, in two separate belts, held by different wrestlers, of course. Super Bowl would also be Flair's last main event match, however, and I believe Roddy K has rejoined us again now. Roddy K, welcome back. We were just talking about Ric Flair and Tatsumi Fujinami. Uh, The big match that happened there, of course, this would be Flair's last main event with the company for a while as he would go on to WWE shortly thereafter for a brief time, however. uh, We saw Flair become a good guy here, however, needless to say, however, and surprisingly, uh, one thing out of this, however, we saw the match between the Steiners and Sting Luger was voted. The PWI match of the year by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Butch Reed of course would leave shortly after the Super Brawl uh program ended because of uh he just wasn't real pleased with where his direction was going, however and at the time, Sid Vicious also was on his way out of the company and would go to WWE for just a brief little bit, however, and then, of course, would come back to WCW again for a few more years, or not even a few years, less than a couple years, and then go back to WWE yet again. Uh, your thoughts about the main event with Flick Flair and Hatsumi Fujinami and all the things that uh, went on after this uh, memorable show? I'm in
1: sale, Hill. I'll have to let you handle it.
0: Okay. Well, I already gave you my thoughts. As I I said I thought it was pretty interesting to see what happened. However, uh, a lot of things went down. Um, overall, I thought it could have been bad. like I said. I thought it was a pretty good show for the most part. But like I said, there were some things I liked, and there were some things I did not like. You know. And that being said, that's what I uh, thought of the show overall. So, that's my thoughts. Uh, on so the, you, but you
1: you do, you do like I do. You go back and watch some of those old ma- old matches and say, like, where the hell is that at today?
0: Exactly, exactly, I do. Well, on a scale of 1 to 10, I mean, I have to give this show about a 6. I mean, I didn't think it was all that bad. It could have been better. Uh, The worst match, definitely no question about it, I felt, was Oz and Tim Parker. The best match of the night, however, I would have to say, as much as it pains me to say it, however, uh, was this main event as it went 19 minutes plus, however, of course, we would see what would happen later on down the road. Of course, again, this was the very first Super Brawl, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, we would see uh, Ric Flair, oddly enough, however, not uh, compete uh, in WCW again until after this event. However, actually, he would not be in this event itself, however. Uh, should I say, excuse me. I should say in the company uh, after this because he would go on his way and as a result, later on in the year, would join up with WWE, as he told basically the company owner at the time, a certain Mr. Jim heard what he thought of him and the WCW board of directors overall. Okay, so there you have it, folks. Uh, Our thoughts here of Super Bowl number one, the event that was billed, as we said, ladies and gentlemen, that happened back in May of 1991, return from the rising sun. And if you want to weigh in with your thoughts, you can give me and Roddy K. a call right now. We'll be on here for another half hour or so. one 7444 Call ID number 139926-1. This is episode 19. You can listen to us each and every uh, week on com. We give you our retro moments. Usually we have a little bit more of our guests, including the lowdown man himself, Kendrick Smith big man himself, Gerard T. Smith, if you will, and of course Gregory Big Diesel Kramer. They are not with us tonight, unfortunately. They had prior obligations, we understand, or have been tied up elsewhere, but we hope to have some of those guys, including uh, Gerard, myself, of course, uh, along with Kendrick, maybe later on tonight on Wrestling uh, Revolution, which will begin on the here at 9 o'clock Eastern. We'll be talking about Raw from last night. We'll also be talking about uh, what uh, else is going on in the world of wrestling. Of course, we also want to Send out uh, a special congrats, however, to this year's Hall of Fame class uh, from uh, the WCW Network family, uh, including the last kicker, Anne Marie Reckenbach, the human suplex machine, John Gross, uh, a very good friend of mine, and a guest that appeared at one time on one of our radio shows, Mr. Mandy Villaluevos. And of course, we also like to uh, congratulate the human suplex machine, my sidekick from Raw Radio, uh, none other than John Gross, as well as the big diesel himself, Gregory Kramer, as Mr. Chad Hinshaw informed all of the uh, competitors last week, including the last kicker, Greg, uh, John, and, and uh, who else did he inform? I mentioned uh, John, Greg, uh, of course, Manny Villaluebos, one of Gerard and Michelle Lindauts' close friends, Howard, Joe. We'd like to congratulate him. And there was one more Hall of Famer on the ballot. Of course, I'll let uh, Chad – or actually, Chad will explain that more Later on tonight, of course, John will have your wrestling dates in history later on tonight, as well as Gerard and myself will handle the news beginning here in less than an hour at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Of course, uh, also, do not forget, on Thursday night, listen to Wolfpack Radio at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, same time and network on TalkShoe.com. The caller ID is different, though, one three two one. However, the ID on Revolution, Heller is 138055-POUND. Of course, you can listen to Attitude Radio also with Michelle Lynn Dodds and Gerard on Saturday Night Hour from 9 to 11. Of course, this week they'll be talking about what happened on Raw as well as SmackDown and preview what will be coming up, Power up for the go-home show, I'm sure, next week for Raw Radio. That'll be this week at 9 o'clock Eastern on Saturday Night, 138982-POUND. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, next Wednesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, join the Big Diesel Gregory Kramer for another installment of the Wrestling Debate. That number is 139925-POUND, and you can join the Big Diesel Gregory Kramer and his colleagues, of course, debating on the hot topic of the show. But speaking of topics, we're going to continue our topic here, and we were just about to talk about last night's Raw, and of course, uh, Rawdy started talking about the big match that happened last night. Uh, A lot of things going down last night in Philadelphia, of course, we heard of course what happened in the first big match of the night Uh, there was a lot of other things that went down and Roddy K and I will talk about it right now one of them of course being apparently there was a little bit of unruly action last night outside of the ring however with some fans however in Philadelphia if you will one of them apparently got into the face of one Mr. Braun Strowman and as a result he uh, was forced to be ejected from the building if you will after getting a little physical with Mr. Strowman if you will Uh, Roddy your thoughts about this whole uh, incident in general last night the whole uh, Strowman thing? The Strowman fan incident, yes.
1: Now who got ejected?
0: Some fan, I guess. He was a little unruly. However, uh, he uh, I don't know if he was somehow inebriated or what, however, but he uh, somehow really got very uh, touchy last night, however, and uh, somehow he uh, just found a way to just get up in his face and as a result, however, really uh, tell him what he yeah. thought of him.
1: Keep I didn't run. read the report. I only watched raw. But uh, yeah, that's just the fans that uh, put that mess out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, uh, hell, I saw one one woman or boy or I don't know what it was back there talking to himself. One of one of the fans. I guess they do a lot of uh, handicapped people come in. You know, some kind of charity deal. But uh, yeah, if if Ron Stroman re- you know retained his uh, integrity by not doing anything, that was that was a good one on his part.
0: Yes. Yes, I would agree. And, of course, the other big news last night, of course, in case you're wondering, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, was the announcement of the latest new Hall of Famer, uh, Stan leriot Hansen, former AWA World Champion. Uh, he will be inducted, of course, next week by his longtime somewhat rival and unique, uh, I believe, friend, if you will, Leon White, better known to you all as Vader. Uh, your thoughts about the latest of Stan Hansen going into the Hall of Fame? Oh, it's great,
1: man. I was, I was hoping him and Big John Studd, but yeah, I barely remember Stan Hansen, but I like his character as more of an early version of Stone Cold.
0: Yes, uh, he, of course, was known as the madman of Bulgar, Texas, of course, as we said. He was the man who broke Bruno San Martino's neck, I believe, back in the late 70s, early 80s. However, I believe it was either Madison Square Garden, New York City, or in my hometown of Pittsburgh, if you will. Of course, a lot of people uh, definitely also, as I said, however call. The night he won the AWA World's title at the Meadowlands back in December of 1985, if you will. A very unique night uh, in history, let's just say. And uh, also, uh, let's just say, he uh, also had his uh, critics against him. A lot of people said his attitude outside of the ring as well as inside was not one of the best. However, he did go over to Japan, became a big name over in Japan by teaming up with guys like, I believe, Dr. Des, Steve Williams. Uh, Vader, I think, was another one. He went over there for a while, and that's why Vader's putting him in. Of course, Vader and him, as we said, had a little bit of history for a time in WCW. Uh, they also did a little bit of work together in AWA, if you will. So very, very interesting. Uh, i got a topical question. Uh, sure.
1: You mentioned earlier about that Ric Flair match in nineteen ninety one. About was it Japanese wrestler?
0: Yes, Tatsumi Fujinami. Yes. Mm-hmm. And
1: then you talk about Stan Hansen. I was I was wondering I, the way they talk about it. Uh, the American wrestlers are very welcomed and appreciated over in Japan,
0: mm-hmm. but when they
1: come over here, it's hard for them to get a grip uh, uh, to be well grounded. They just don't take off very well. What, what's the uh, disconnect there?
0: You know, that that's a very good question, you know, and I'm going to pose that question to everyone out there, too. That That is a very good point you bring up just now. Uh, I don't know what it is. I mean, it seems like when the Americans, you're right, when they go to Japan, however, I mean – the Japanese respect them, however, and they have their own style. however, and they do these kind of matches against their own uh, countrymen or their own world champion or champions, if you will. And uh, most of the time, they sit on their hands. But at the same time, they don't scream, they don't holler, they don't really get out rambunctious and throw stuff in the ring, or just really uh, get just really um, hell bent, if you will, like totally paranoid and just spazzing out and freaking out every little thing. Uh, I think it's just because the Japanese, however, have always been taught to be the most calm, mellow people out there. I mean, yeah, sure, you'll have your uh, detractors out there, however, but not a lot. Because I just think, however, the Japanese style, I mean, it was taught in Japan, it's been learned in Japan for so many years. And because there have been so many guys that have come out of Japan into the States, however, I think it's just because a lot of the Japanese legends, however, like I said, like... (sighs) I don't know. It's just—it's really hard to say, because I think the Japanese style is a lot more simpler, and I think that the people in, uh, like I said, Japan really respect more of the American style, and their, their style is being respected more. The Americans respect I, the Japanese style.
1: I saw some good, I don't know what general was on. I think it was like over a year old, but they were showing mm-hmm. the New Japan Pro Wrestling where they had like a main event at some kind of stadium that didn't have air conditioner. Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty good match, but if you if talk about Rick Steiner earlier, I saw him trying some new moves in Japan where he would take a guy, put him on his shoulder, and immediately go into like a, a tombstone. It was kind of scary, though.
0: Mm-hmm. I watched the match. I think it was sort of like one of those matches that like Mick Foley and Terry Funk used to have, a Bowery death match in Japan. It was actually Terry Funk taking on one of Japan's big names. I think his name was Onida. I don't remember his first name. And then I remember him later taking on Shinjiro Otani in the same sort of match, I believe it was in like Yokohama. I think he took Onita in like a baseball stadium in Tokyo, and Onita I think it was either in Yokohama, Japan, or Osaka. But I mean, you talk about crazy. I mean, anytime their arm or whatever hit the rope, power, it just an explosion would go off. It was timed like rigged like a bomb, sort of, and it went kaboom. It just like it
1: was. Freaky. Yeah, a- I, mean, I AJ Styles picked up some moves that that announcer could barely say.
0: Yeah, exactly. And when you watch those matches from Japan, from either FMW or NJPW, like you said, Howard, I mean, some of it's pretty damn sweet because, like I said, the Japanese style is so much more, I would say, more seriously hardcore, but by the same token, I would say that the Japanese, how are just absolutely... I mean, appreciate that sort of thing. They're not, I mean, like, I mean, we're not like the Japanese. The Japanese have their own style. We have our own style. But at the same time, they do it so much more and more edgier, if you will. On SmackDown, they've, yes.
1: they're, they're priming themselves for it. They've got that new announcer. Is that Marion?
0: Yeah, Maro Ranallo. Mauro Ranallo, you're referring to? Yes, I, I've listened to him a couple I, times. He's pretty good. He, he's
1: pretty he is damn really good. good. When I hear him, I'm hearing the ghost of, like, Gordon Soli.
0: Yeah. Guerrilla
1: Monsoon, they're all coming I, I, back to you. I
0: heard him for the first time a week ago, and i got to say I agree with you. I like him. I, I think WWE's got something really cooking with this guy. This guy, of course, had a background, of course, as, we, as you just mentioned, in Japan. He worked with NJPW as one of their lead announcers for a while. I think he's going to get some time to work with uh, – maybe work with uh, some of the announced team, hopefully, at uh, WrestleMania. I hope WWE gives him a chance to uh, do some work with him, however, mind you, however – uh, like I said, however...
1: Now look at J.R. going to the top. WWE announcement going down.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, he could have come back to WWE and WWE missed the boat on him. I mean, I think he wanted to get out of there, but at the same time, if he didn't, shame on them. Because I think he could have stayed in WWE. He really could have, though, you know? Um, uh, What was I to say? I can't remember. Speaking of, uh, well, uh, explosions, and uh, this is kind of off the topic, however... Uh, mind you, uh, we want to send out our thoughts and prayers to the people of Belgium today. Just absolutely a horrifying, horrifying ordeal today in the capital of Brussels uh, after what went off this morning at the airport and a train station nearby in that city. Uh, Definitely our prayers and thoughts are with these people tonight. Uh, I'm sure you heard the news today, Roddy. I mean, this is just absolutely heartbreaking to watch yet again another very sad uh, story like this happening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't a staged event like WWE. This was, this was real.
0: Yes. And uh, like we said, folks, uh, our thoughts and prayers tonight are with these people, no question about it. Uh, we uh, hope that uh, your your prayers will be heard from all of us here, not just here at our show, here on uh, what we're doing right now, but all of our shows and everyone out there throughout the world. Uh, we Our prayers are definitely with you tonight. Uh, just like I said, when I heard it this morning, I couldn't believe it. And then as I Got back I was I mean I was running around a little bit this morning. I heard about it first and then I came back after a while and then I later heard that ISIS was involved again. It's like you gotta be kidding me. I mean we saw what happened in Paris last year and now after what happened, mind you, however uh, like I said, however, I mean what they did in Paris back in November was horrifying, but this is just beyond horrible now. I mean this is just going way beyond horrible. I mean you blow up a freaking airport and just Blow out windows and kill thirty, thirty-five people and injure two hundred, two hundred fifty people. It's just, it just rips at your soul and your heart, and just you almost feel sorry for these people. And you do, believe me, you do. And what they did today was just an absolutely disgusting, disturbing, horrifying, absolute ridiculous uh, statement, to say the least. And like I said, hopefully in the coming days. And in the weeks to come, uh, definitely those people will be back up on their feet. But it's going to take them a while, believe me. I mean, after what happened today, it's going to take them a good while. But our thoughts and prayers are with these guys. Excuse me, not these guys. These people tonight in Brussels, Belgium. All right, guys, it's about 10 minutes to 8 here on Wrestling Revisited. I am your host, the Iceman, Jared Jerome, along with my assistant, Rowdy Rowdy K here, 1724-444-7044, caller 139926, of course. Do not forget tonight, we will be on at 9 o'clock. We will be talking about Raw. Of course, we also might have some trivia in store. Uh, Last night, uh, I don't know if you heard, Roddy, uh, like I said, if you had Facebook or anything like that, me and the gang on Raw Radio, we had a little fun with uh, a little tournament we did, sort of like the NCAA tournament. We picked 64 wrestlers in each region. And what we're doing is we're splitting it out with the 16 wrestlers from four different regions, East, North, Midwest, and West. And you can name past wrestlers, announcers, and as well as divas and uh, events. And what it is, however, after you get your seating, 1 through 16, however, you can choose to keep the top 8 or the lower 8, go from 8 to 4, from 4 to 2, and then basically you can determine your winner that way. And we had a lot of fun so far with this. Uh, we did the West Region yesterday with uh, some of our panelists, however, and a lot of people had different takes on their uh Bracket, if you will, and of course, coming up this Monday, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking about the East Bracket, if you will, and who we have in our East Brackets. Plus, of course, this Monday on Raw Radio, coming up on Monday, Uh, before Raw, this coming next Monday, we will also be talking about NXT Dallas Takeover which will be next Friday night on the WWE Network. We'll also be talking about WrestleMania, if you will. And uh, I'm going to get Roddy's take a little bit about NXT right now. Uh, Certainly, Roddy, a lot of great matches coming up next Friday night, however, there at the NXT uh, show in Dallas. And I want to get your early predictions, and maybe you could share with us your thoughts. some good matches. The first one being, of course, uh, Shinzi Nakamura, the Bull Club member who will be making his NXT debut in the WWE and in the US, however, taking on Mr. Ole 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 himself, Sami Zayn. What do you think about this matchup?
1: I'm not familiar with the characters. I don't, watch, I don't get to watch NXT. I do believe the ratings will be higher than most of the uh, Raw or pay-per-views.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I was just asking your thoughts. Who do you think is going to win between uh, Nakamura and uh, who do you like in this matchup?
1: Nakamura.
0: You're gonna go with Shinzi Nakamura. See, I think he's a great wrestler. I've I've seen some good stuff about him in Japan. I haven't watched a lot of footage on him yet, however, but I have heard some good things about this guy. Uh I love Sami Zayn. I've been a Sami Zayn Mark for the last few years. I think Sami's gonna have his hands full. Obviously, of course, being in the ladder match on Sunday, it's gonna be interesting to see how he'll be ready to go come Sunday at WrestleMania in his first WrestleMania too. Uh, could it be a good week for Sami Zayn and pulling off both victories? Um, and even though there's only one belt on the line in both of those matches, however, it's really hard to say, but you know what? I think Zayn pulls off a miracle here, and I think he uh, has a good showing here against Nakamura, and I think he uh, will hold his own, so I'm going to take Sami Zayn. Uh, another one we're going to talk about, obviously, again, is a really good matchup. This is for the Divas title, if you will. The lovable, huggable Bailey, who we've seen and heard about over the last few years, of course, taking on the Japanese female bus-off, if you will. Asuka, and this should be a doozy of a matchup. Your thoughts about this one?
1: I want to go with Asuka because I like the mean women, like uh, King, uh, King what was it Kong? Awesome Kong. Yeah. And and the uh, the to to meet to meet to to meet yeah
0: Snooki. Yeah.
1: I, I like those just badass women.
0: Yeah, I, I think Asuka is going to beat Bailey too. I mean, I love Bailey. Don't get me wrong, but I think Asuka over the last six months has really. Uh, Made it has made it, it, quite a name for herself. I think uh, she definitely a couple of weeks ago uh, made a statement to Bailey. You know she didn't do anything to Bailey. However, she's kind of smiled at Bailey. I think Bailey's on her way up now to the roster. I think she could be making her debut maybe this uh, a following night of the night following WrestleMania or fall sometime this spring, however, I think Bailey's definitely uh, the next big-name diva that could be uh, making her way up to the roster, however, we've been hearing a lot about this. Unless we are going to keep her on for a little, keep her around a little longer, I just can't see that happening. I think Ascula is definitely going to be your next uh, Divas champion. Yeah,
1: how, how about bring Ascula up and put Brie Mode in the next team?
0: <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> I, I agree. And, and of course, Brie's got her own thing to deal with right now, obviously, with Lana, Tamina, and... Uh, also, uh, Naomi, if you will, and I know they're trying to get something set up with her and uh, Paige, maybe, and another person to team up with her in a six-person tag, but they have not quite said that match is set up yet, but I hope they do add another match up to WrestleMania. I mean, I think he could do one more match, add to the card uh, this week on SmackDown, maybe one more on Raw Monday, and then the card is just about set. Otherwise, how? Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with uh, Brie these
1: is Brie is cute. Brie is cute, the they got the attitude right with her sister, who, unfortunately, is out.
0: Well, let me ask you real quick talk about uh you just mentioned her sister Nikki. Let's talk to you about Nikki real quick. Uh do you see Nikki coming back following WrestleMania and if so when?
1: Uh I hate to be that I, I don't see her coming back.
0: Yeah, I think she'll be back. I just don't know when. I think she'll be back by May. I mean if she heals up in another month or two, I think she'll be on her way back sometime this spring. Another guy who I think could be on his way back very soon is definitely gonna be Cesaro. I cannot wait to see him come back. John Cena, I think the jury's still out on him along with Seth Rollins, but I do think however we could see and you mentioned it last week, we could see Rollins maybe at WrestleMania possibly next week. You never know. We could very well see yeah, that happen.
1: A quick shield, you know unification. But but if if uh If Nikki Bella comes back, I think they'll protect her as much as they can, like they did with uh, Stone Cold when he was injured.
0: Yes, I would think so, because I think right now they're not real sure how bad uh, she can take bumps right away, however, and how she'll handle herself, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Another match we're going to be very much interested in, this could be a very good match, however, and it's kind of sort of a non, it's really not a title match, but sort of like a bit of rivalry as it started a few weeks ago. Austin Aries taking on uh, Baron Corbin, Mr. End of Days. What do you think of this one? Ooh, I like Austin Aries, but I'm going to give it to Barry. So you're going to take Baron Corbin. You know, uh, I think both are really good. And I have to go with you. I agree with you. I think Baron Corbin's just going to be too strong in this one. I think he ends up winning here. And speaking of TNA, let's uh, get your thoughts real quick about Eric Young and Bobby Root. We've heard the rumors about them going to WWE. Your thoughts about TNA letting them go, and will WWE get a chance to maybe uh, talk to them and maybe bring them in? What's your uh, take on it?
1: Is Eric Young the uh, sh- the short, uh, go- uh, silly, silly man at one time? Yes,
0: sort of, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And then, then he got all rugged looking. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Man, he's a he's a good talent. Uh, Bobby Bobby Roode is. Uh, I think he would be best in a, in a tag team.
0: Yeah, a lot of people are saying they could be either heading to NXT. Possibly they could be on their way to the main roster. I don't know. I mean, I could see these guys for a while down in NXT, but at the same time, I could see them bringing in in right away. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, no, Eric
1: I, Young was a little pop Papa Pump, was he? Was that Petey?
0: Yeah, he, he was sort of like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm okay. Mm-hmm. But I do think Bobby Roode's on his way in. I think, I mean, Michelle will agree with me. I mean, she loves, I know, Bobby Roode to the T, and we were talking about it today. I talked to her this morning, actually, about Bobby Roode, and we were discussing it, however, uh, a week, uh, a few days ago, too. I think they're waiting for Bobby Roode to debut. I just think the question is, when will he debut? I could see him maybe after WrestleMania, down the next T for a few weeks, however, and then maybe make, us make it to the main roster, uh, it's a shame they also did not keep James Storm around, because I think they would have been wise to keep James Storm around in NXT for a while, but instead he's on his way now back to TNA. And speaking of TNA, a former WWE wrestler who I believe, they'll show this tonight on TNA Impact in case you don't want to hear the spoilers, folks, uh, Drew Galloway, believe it or not, I believe better known to you people as Drew McIntyre. Uh, Will get a chance to go after the TNA World Tour. I think it's this week, Howard. And as a result, from what I heard, he is now officially your new World's TNA Champion. Your thoughts about this one, Ronnie K. I
1: was just going to follow up on the previous one about Bobby Roode.
0: Go ahead, please.
1: I think TNA kind of capitalized on what WCW did before it went out of business. Is uh, the West Texas Rednecks?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think yeah, he would be good to bring back a kind of a West Texas Rednecks WWE. Yeah. But on the on the other part. Um, Drew Galloway is that is that one of the uh, the guy that played uh, 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 Uncle Ram? Not Uncle Ramos.
0: Was he a WWE temporarily? Yeah, he was. He, he was he was a uh, he was a member of the three man band with like Jinder Mahal and Slater, and uh, he was also the so called chosen one. He was called the chosen one by Vince. Yes,
1: I barely remember him. I was thinking of a guy that uh, used to stand there with his with his mouth open, with his tongue out, and when you said his name, he would he would transform.
0: Uh, Festus you're referring to Festus,
1: probably. yeah, I thought that was him yeah. yeah,
0: I think that turned out to be I forget who that was, Howard I remember who you're thinking of, yeah And uh, speaking of big guys, are That leads us into our next match Of course, Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor A lot of people thinking this could be the time Samoa Joe wins the world title from Finn And Finn could be on his way to the roster What do you think about this one? There's been a
1: lot of talks about Finn Balor Coming up to WWE So it's going to be a tough one uh, You think Samoa Joe's ready?
0: I think he is. I think he's more than ready. He had his chance in London back in December, and Finn barely hung on to that title, and he's been a good champion.
1: So based upon last week, let's go with Samoa Joe, because like we mentioned last week, as an enforcer, he could be the next Umaga.
0: Yes, he's tough, and like you said, they don't call him the Samoan submission machine for nothing. I think that Coquina Clutch could be... uh, Finn's downfall. But again, Finn could surprise you. I mean, Finn has some pretty good uh, maneuvers of his own. The Cootie Graces being one of them, and then he has the Sunday Bloody Sunday kick which he used in that matchup against Neville a few weeks ago. A great match there, uh, as you know. And uh, it's going to be a war, no question. I could see this go 20, 25, maybe 30 minutes. I hope they give him a lot of time because they gave him almost 20 minutes in London. I think you got to up at this time to about 30, maybe 35 minutes. I hope that's I mean, obviously, that might be the main event that closes the show. Again, you don't know. They could maybe have Asku and uh, Bailey close the show. So we'll see. I mean, that's just my opinion. And finally, one more match we'll go into. This is sort of like a tag affair. We've talked about the tag division in NXT before. Dash and Dawson, uh, I believe, will be in a triple threat match with American Alpha, Chad Gable, and Jason Jordan. I believe also taking on the Bot Villains, Aiden English and uh, Gotch. Uh, Your thoughts about this one?
1: Yeah, I'm not familiar with either one of those.
0: See, all three teams are good. I think Dash and Dawson have had a good run. I don't know if the Vaudevillains are on their way up to the roster as well yet. I think you're going to see American if, it, if American Alpha does compete in this uh, triple threat uh, tag war. I mean, I could see Gable and Jordan becoming your new champions, but if not, I can see definitely see the Vaudevillains getting the straps back. So we'll definitely keep our eyes peeled on that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, well, with that being said, we're going to call it a night here uh, for episode number 19. Next week, of course, episode 2 of course, should be a great show again. Uh, of course, we are going to hopefully have some more people's wins. Roddy K., I want to thank you for coming on today, however, and it was really good to have you on with us and spend some time with us here. Uh, he's just now left us. Unfortunately, our good friends, uh, the other big three on my panel, however, the Lowdown Man himself, uh, Kendrick Smith was not able to make it tonight, along with uh, our other panelists stars, RT Smith, King NWO, if you will, King Beer, as I like to call him, among other things, the bad guy. Hopefully both of those guys will be on here in just a little bit, along with my other good friend, the big diesel, Gregory Kramer. So, uh, again, we want to thank you for joining us. one caller ID number 1387. 1387- excuse me, 139926, I almost gave you the raw radio ID and I slipped there. Sorry, folks, it's 139926 pound and the number one. Raw radio is 1381044 pound number one. So that is not the number you want to call here and revisit it. It's 139926 pound and the number one. Anyway, we'll be back in an hour. Of course, Gerard and myself, hopefully, will have the latest news and updates for you from uh, the Newswire. John Gross will have your update on dates in history and birth dates. Chad Hinshaw, myself, along with, uh, hopefully, the Black Widow herself, Michelle Lindodds, along with, hopefully, the last kicker, Amory Reckenbach, will be on tonight, as well as Big Bad Bob Ziegler himself as well. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to call it a night as we said here. We hope you enjoyed our show tonight. We will be back again a week from now as uh, we will be uh, back in the ring with you next Tuesday. We will talk more about great moments in history. And also we might get a little bit of our early WrestleMania prediction talk in as well as NXT TakeOver talk. Uh, maybe with our panelists as well. I know Roddy K tried to give his best impression tonight and thoughts on this uh, particular show coming up a week from Friday as well as uh, his thoughts on Super Brawl number one. But we're going to ask our other panelists next week as well their thoughts about WrestleMania and NXT. So uh, we definitely want to hear from you out there as well. And please, whatever you do, feel free to join us each and every Tuesday at 7 p.m. So for now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Iceman saying so long. Thank you for listening in tonight. We will be back with you in less than an hour for Wrestling Revolution one three eight oh five five pound in the number one at nine o'clock Eastern. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, so long, have a great night, and God bless everyone out there. Good night, everyone.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when
0: you win?